But we're in a series called Come to the Table. And we're looking at the prophet Jonah. And so let's just do a quick review. Because today, I've titled this message, The Good Stuff. And that's because the people of Nineveh repented for their sins. Well, let's do a catch-up. Chapter number 1, we see that God speaks to Jonah. And he says, I want you to go down to Nineveh and preach to the Assyrian people. Jonah didn't think that was a good idea. So he went in the opposite direction to a city called Tarshish. He's in a ship headed to that city. Well, there's a storm that came up and God created that storm to get the attention of Jonah. And through a series of events, Jonah was actually thrown overboard. God provided a fish to swallow Jonah and he was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. And it was there that he prayed. That was chapter number two. He prayed, God, I'm sorry. God, you are God. Lord, you're still answering and listening to my prayers. And, and Jonah had a heart transformation. And he ended up saying something very powerful that we're going to read right now. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to the book of Jonah. And we're going to start at the end of chapter 2 and read all of chapter number 3. Jonah is located in the Old Testament just before the New Testament. So if you can find Matthew and turn left, you'll be great. Okay? Well, let's begin reading here at chapter 2 and verse number 9. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. And I will say, salvation comes from the Lord. That's the ending of Jonah's prayer in the belly of the fish. He came to the realization that God not only loved the Jewish people, Israel, but he also loved other people. And I think that kind of blew his mind. But he recognized the fact that salvation was not of the nation of Israel. It wasn't from a prophet or a priest. It was from the Lord. And so that's how he finished his prayer. And then, of course, verse number 10 says, And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Now let's read chapter number 3. It's only 10 verses. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. And Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now Nineveh was a very large city. It took three days to go through it. And Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city, proclaiming, Forty more days, and Nineveh will be overthrown. The Ninevites believed God. Did you notice that? God is speaking through Jonah. Jonah appears in flesh and blood and speaks to the Ninevite people. And it says the Ninevites believed God. A fast was proclaimed and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. When Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth and sat down in the dust. That was a sign of repentance. This is the proclamation he issued in Nineveh. By the decree of the king and of his nobles, do not let people or animals, herds or flocks, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let people and animals be covered with sackcloth. Let everything, let everyone call urgently on God, not a God, not your gods, but God, the God of Jonah. Let them give up all their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? 
God may yet relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so that he will not, so that we will not perish. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. It's interesting the way that God communicated to the people of Nineveh. He painted them a verbal picture. He gave them a vision, two visions. One was 40 days and then justice. You know the sense that you've done, and there's a payday someday, and you've got 40 more days, and then there's going to be justice. But the second vision that he gave them was salvation comes from the Lord, and that's mercy. He wanted them to be reminded and to know emphatically There is a justice coming to you for all that you've done. And it will not be turned away unless you accept the salvation that God offers. That's mercy. And that's what they did. And so we find that God was communicating to them through these two visions. He wanted to paint a picture for them of what will be and what could be. Now I want to transition for just a moment And we're going to look at the fact that we do this same thing every day. We have visions and pictures and things that we see because that's how we live. That's what is healthy for us. Now, you're somewhere watching this or listening to this. Maybe you're outside, but you're probably inside in your living room or an office, the kitchen, a den, somewhere. And I want you to do something with me. Let's Let's just try this. I want you to look at the walls of the room that you're in. I mean, go ahead. Look at the walls. The walls, the actual walls. They are probably the color that you want them to be, or at least the color that you used to like. But look at those walls. Walls are made to enclose and exclude. Have you ever said, I think the walls are coming in on me. You're stressed out. You're you're upset. Walls are made to enclose and exclude. We thank God for them. But yet we do something with walls that is important also. Here's the second thing I want you to look at, and that's the windows. Of course, as you look out the windows, I want you to look through the windows. Why do we put windows in the middle of walls? Because we want to see what's on the outside. But all you can see when you look through the window is what you can see. What is immediately outside of your house? Now I want you to look at something else. Look what's on the walls. You probably have paintings or decor or pictures. Look at those pictures. It might be a a picture of you when you were a child. It might be your high school graduation or college graduation picture. Maybe a special vacation that you saved up a lot of money for and you went on a vacation. It could be a picture of your wedding day, of one of your children's wedding days, your children's baby pictures, graduation pictures. Those pictures take you back. You remember that moment, that special vacation, a wedding, birth of a child, special place you went to. Those Those are the pictures that take you back and you begin to kind of relive that moment in time. You see, we cover the walls of our house. Why? 
because we want them to be covered. We don't want to stare at blank walls. We want to see something. We want to see what's outside and, and we want to use our imagination and experience to go back to that place. But I want you to look at something else. Maybe you've got a picture or a, a rendering of some type of a landscape. Maybe it's the ocean, snow-capped mountains, a lush spring green valley with flowers everywhere. Or maybe it's the desert. You've never been there, but you have that image on your wall because that is the image that you can go to. Even though you've never been there, you can go there and you can imagine what it would be like. You see, you can go to those places even though you've never been there because you use your experience and your imagination. I'd like to try something. Can we show you two pictures? Look at this picture. Well, it's obviously a creek. But where is it? Is it in the Great Smoky Mountains? It is, in, is it in the Great Rocky Mountains? Where is it at? But you can go there in your imagination and see what even that picture doesn't show you. Well, let's look at the next one. Well, where is that? It's beautiful, but where is it? And your imagination begins to move. God's given us an imagination because he wants us to use it. And we begin to see that we don't know where it's at, but we can guess. And if you know French, you'll notice that those letters on those buildings are, well, that's French. Well, but it could be in France, but maybe not. Could be in another country. But if it is in France, what city? Is it uh, Paris? Lyon? Grenoble? I don't know. God gives us pictures to communicate to us what he wants us to know. God gave the first vision to the Ninevites. He said, 40 more days, and then there's going to be justice. You know what you've done, and you're going to have to pay for it. You know that you've sinned. You know that you've violated people's just human basic rights. You know that. <clears throat> and there's a payday someday. And he gives them the understanding of justice. Now, we love justice, don't we? We love justice for the Ninevites. That's what we love. See, when we have something bad happen to us, we want justice in that moment. Can you imagine our community without any justice? Can you imagine no laws, no police officers, no one to enforce the law? It would be chaotic. Nobody wants that. We have an understanding of justice down deep in our heart. And God says there is a justice. And in 40 days, you're going to see exactly what that looks like and what it feels like. But yet the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Everyone has. And Romans 6, 23 says the wages of sin, the justice of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. 
You see, we might see distinctions between what the Assyrians were like, what the people of Nineveh were like, and us. But sin is sin. And if we have broken any, any law of God, we have violated anything he's told us not to do, we have also sinned and there is a justice. But yet also there is a mercy. There is a way that God wants to say, um, I have to punish sin, but I also want to give you mercy. But yet God finds himself, it would appear, in kind of a conundrum. On the one hand, we've all sinned and we have to pay for that. And on the other hand, he says, I want to release you from that. And I want to give you mercy. And so he's, it appears, caught in the middle of his own paradigm. And so what does he do? The greatest thing that God did for the people of Nineveh was to send Jonah to them. He has to punish their sin, but he wants to forgive them. He's telling them what will happen. And he's also saying this can happen. Salvation. His greatest visual to the Ninevites was Jonah himself. Can you imagine? Jonah being resurrected from the fish's stomach. And he's saying to the people of Nineveh, this is how much I love you. That I would speak to a prophet and even though he was rebellious, I kind of hunted him down and I provided for him a way of repentance. And Jonah repented. And then he comes back after being in the belly of a whale or a fish for three days and three nights. Nineveh was beginning to experience this is the love of God. And Jonah was also a vision for them. This is how much I love you. You see where I'm going with this. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him would be saved. Jesus is showing us God's great invitation to come to his table. So I'm asking you, will you come to the table of God? There's a place for you at his table. Jesus bought your ticket to the table through his blood shed on the cross. Will you come to the table through Jesus Christ? It's the only way to get to God's table is through Christ. That's how much God loves you. He purchased the price of you getting into his presence at his table. Will you come to him? Because you see, once we come to Christ and we receive forgiveness and grace and mercy, God gives us a plan for our lives. And we get to enjoy the things we never enjoyed before. We then have the power and strength. We're not perfect, but we have the power and strength to begin to say no to sin. We don't continue to live in sin. We change. And that's by the power of God. That's the power God wants to give you. Maybe you've tried and tried and tried. You've tried to stop doing wrong and you can't. It's because you don't have Christ in your life. He will take that whole list of things that you've done wrong and he will just eradicate all of them. And then he will put his spirit inside of you and give you power to overcome sin. Power to follow you. Power to be one of his children. Will you do that today? Is the Holy Spirit speaking to you right now about giving your life to Christ? 
you know there's a justice coming one day. I'm here with good news. Justice for you and for me has already been placed on Jesus Christ. Now, all you and I have to do is come and say, I accept that payment. Please forgive me. I want to live for you. Then we get to live in joy. We get to live at his table, enjoying fellowship with him and other Christians and other believers. And there's coming a day when all of us pass away and the end of time has come. And God says there's going to be a great marriage supper of the Lamb, the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. And that's when all believers will sit at his table and enjoy him and one another. Will you accept Christ's forgiveness today?